0: Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube as well. Really would appreciate it. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And I am back. Took a long extended vacation over the holiday weekend. Hopefully, you all had a great long weekend as well. I enjoyed some time at the beach. Good to just get away, uh, spend some time with family. And again, hope you all had that opportunity as well. We are back in the things here, and there's a lot to talk about, a lot going on over the weekend that we need to cover. I'm going to get into that in today's episode, talking about Michael Harris and Spencer Strider, the big moves there. But I want to start with Tuesday's game, which was a rough one, perhaps one of the hardest losses of the year for the Atlanta Braves. The offense put up six runs early, had a 6-2 lead, Charlie Morton on the mound, bullpen ready to go and they lose in extra innings and just want to break this down a little bit and look the Braves just aren't playing good baseball and I've talked about it all year long they're just not playing good baseball consistently I, I tweeted after this game in an emotional state that the only thing that this team has done consistently all year is play bad baseball there just aren't enough players making winning plays in fact you could say that Dansby Swanson is the only person on this team that consistently makes plays to win you games. And, again, I'm not just talking about the fact that he's been hitting well for the past month now. It's the plays he makes defensively at shortstop. You know, he's has choked up on the bat and put the ball in play at times with runners in scoring position. It's just the little things that he does the other night when he scored first to third on a bloop to left. Just great base running he makes great baseball plays. That's why I've always been a huge advocate for Dansby Swanson, that he may not have the best WRC plus on this team, but he makes winning plays. And the Braves just don't have enough players doing that right now. And it's 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 difficult to watch because they are super talented, but they're just not playing great baseball. And Acuna is not... Um, you know is not absent from that. He is included in that. When you looked at Tuesday's game, runs into and out at third. A great hit in the gap. If he's a hundred percent, I think he gets the third easily. There. He did not seem to me, at least, to be fully running at a hundred percent on Tuesday's game. There's a double play he hit into. I thought he would beat that out easily, and it just seems like he wasn't running fully down the line. There's a ball in right that, again, I think he when he's a hundred percent, he catches that pretty easily, a ball um, that drove in a run there. So I don't think he's still back. I know he's still not back to 100%, but there were a couple of plays in the game on Tuesday where it just looked like he wasn't giving his effort. And I think he was really frustrated by the fact he got hit in the back. Again, square in the back. I I don't think it was intentional, but just where he got hit, how he got hit, that seems really frustrating. And I think that really threw him off his game after that. He got in a 3-1 count later in the game and just swung from his heels. I thought he was going to hurt himself. He swung so hard, and it's a fastball right down the middle. If he just stays with his approach and makes his swing, it's probably a two-run homer. But he was trying to do too much to get revenge in his own way. Again, I'm not blaming this all on Acuna. I'm just saying he is not he is not absent from some of these bad baseball decisions that are being made. Again, he got thrown out, and this was before he got hit by the pitch, got thrown out at third base. Dansby gets a hit. The next batter up, he would have scored easily. That takes a run off the board right there. And then in the 8th inning, the biggest the biggest just bad baseball decision mistakes for the Braves for me in this game. They had first and third, nobody out. Matt Olson with some good base running going first to third. You don't see that. But then, you know, a slow hit ground ball to third base. Olson tries to score. You know, maybe they had the contact play on. I don't really know why you would when Olsen's not a great base runner. But he tries to score there and gets thrown out easily at home plate. And then Adam Duvall hits the ball to second base. Ozzy gets caught in a rundown and they still turn the double play. Just bad base running. You're not able to score there. You're not able to add on runs and put the game away. Ozuna runs into an out at third base in the ex- in extra innings, which just completely changed that inning. Again, just bad baseball there. You can't run into outs at third base particularly, and especially not right there. You had a chance to have a big inning, put up a crooked number in the top of the 10th, but you run into that out at third, and it just changed everything about that inning. And then Duval in the bottom of the 10th. You had the hit into left field by Peralta. That run from second was going to score. I mean, he was not in a position to throw the guy out at home plate, but he throws it home anyway. It allows Peralta to go to second, and then the next batter up gets a bloop hit that easily scores Peralta from second base. If he goes to second, holds Peralta to a single, it's likely first and third. Still wind out and a good chance that the Diamondbacks score that run, but... That's a huge mistake from somebody who's a really good defensive player, and that's just a bad baseball play. And the Braves are just making too many of those. They're making too many bad baseball plays that are costing them games, and it costs them dearly on Tuesday night. I'm going to get into some other uh, performances from this game. Charlie Morton still fighting it for me. I know he had some good innings in between there, but I just felt like he was still fighting it all along. Look, on a night when your offense gives you six runs and you have Charlie Morton on the mound, he's got to be able to give you at least six innings. And he went back out for that sixth and just couldn't couldn't find it and couldn't get through there. And so Snicker has to use A.J. Minter in the sixth inning to try and get out of a jam. And then you just tax your bullpen and you have to run through your bullpen from the sixth inning on. Uh, to me, that's just that's terrible from Charlie Morton. He's got to be able to get you through that sixth inning when your offense gives you six runs of support and just not able to do that. They talked a lot about the curveball not being as effective. I know he left one up in the zone earlier in the game. Christian Walker absolutely crushed it, and that's a problem because that's his best pitch, and if that's not working for him, then again, that's a huge problem. So I, I really wasn't happy with Charlie Morton's performance on Tuesday, I'm. I know he he wasn't either. He's as frustrated as anybody else right now, but to not be able to get through that sixth inning, and for Snicker to have to use AJ Minter there in the sixth, that just that kind of set up for what would happen later in the game. And again, just really not happy with Charlie's performance on Tuesday. There, the bullpen struggles. You know, AJ allows an inherited runner to score, in a sack fly, which is fine. You know, you figured that run was probably going to score. Then he gives up the double the other way. Again, a ball, I think Acuna, fully healthy, probably catches, but it looked like he was being a little gentle, not wanting to jump fully to catch that ball. Uh, Will Smith comes in, has some tough luck. The average exit velocity on the balls in play against him was like 67 miles per hour, but he allows a run, and, bring, and the Diamondbacks are able to get within one run. And then Jansen, his third blown save in May. His third blown save in two weeks. He's just not been as sharp lately. He's walked a batter in five of his last six outings. He's given up at least one hit in five of his last six outings. Just not as sharp coming into the game for whatever reason. And then I already kind of mentioned this, talking about the bad baseball, but not able to put the game away. Six runs should be enough. This game is certainly... Not on the offense, but they didn't do anything. Inning seven through nine against the Diamondbacks bullpen, and they again, I mentioned the eighth inning that was the key one there. First and third, nobody out, and just not able to bring in another run there. And then I mentioned the tenth inning as well, Zuna Azuna getting thrown out at third, which if he had any kind of speed, that should be a ball you can go first and third on because it bounced in front of the right fielder, kind of jumped up on him, rolled up on him. That should be a, a, a hit that most people can go first or third on, but Ozuna's not most people. He cannot run, and he got thrown out at, at third base there, and it really just ran them out of that inning. I want to finish, finish with a, a high note from Tuesday's game, and that is Matt Olson, who went 4-for-5 in this one, his first four-hit game as an Atlanta Brave. He has seven hits in his last three games, including five doubles. In fact, seven of his last nine hits – have been doubles, and he leads the league in doubles. He also had a big home run on Tuesday as well. So good to see him get going and heating up at the plate. That is certainly a encouraging sign for the Braves. All right, next, I want to talk about Michael Harris and his move to the lineup and what that means for the Atlanta Braves going forward. Was it the right move? We'll discuss that next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and fine jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Lockedon. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discrete packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to blue today. As I mentioned, a lot of a lot of big news over the weekend. The biggest of all was Michael Harris getting promoted. To the big leagues. I was in the middle of driving down to the beach, and happened to check my phone just very briefly, and saw that Michael Harris was getting promoted. Actually, I got an email from the Braves saying that he was getting promoted, and I basically had to pull over uh, because I was just shocked, stunned, uh, and I had to, you know, obviously make sure somebody getting something written up about it over at tomahawktake.com, and and had to tweet about it and talk about it. I just. I could not believe it. I was absolutely stunned that Michael Harris was getting promoted. We've obviously talked about it on the podcast. You've been asking me about it. And, you know, coming into the year, I thought there's, you know, very little chance he would get promoted. I thought he would spend pretty much all year at double A, just continuing to develop uh, because it's a big development mental process at the AA level. And as the year went on and he obviously got off to a good start at double-A, I started to think, okay, well, maybe, you know, second half of the season, maybe they give him a promotion to triple-A, And if he does good there, maybe they bring him up, you know, after the All Star break. But no, they are bringing him up now. He is here. And I'm absolutely, like I said, shocked by the move. Not that I don't like it, but I'm just shocked. I can't believe they already pulled him up. With as few as bats as he has in the minor leagues, but something I mentioned on here before, and something we can't really take into account is what that what kind of development he had in that 2020 season, where there was no minor league season, but he was at the alternate training site. You know, those were 400 lost at bats that year that he could have had, and as I talked about, you know, last time when I was answering the question about Michael Harris. If he has those at-bats, he's probably at AAA this year, and he's probably pushing on his big league debut, and I think the Braves probably took that into account as well, Um, and they went ahead and and called him up. Now, my initial thought to this, uh, other than the shock, was that this seems like a move of desperation. This seems like a team that is desperate to make something happen, and Again, I'm not saying this is a wrong move or a bad move. I, I am excited as anyone to watch Michael Harris. And even at the beach, I took a break from the beach to come watch him in his debut because I'm so excited to see him play. I'm excited for what he can be. But this just seems like a team that is desperate. They know they're struggling. They know they're reeling. Uh, the outfield situation is not a good one. We talked about that in the last mailbag podcast last Friday there's just not a lot of great options in the outfield and it just seems like a move of desperation to call up Michael Harris and see if he can spark this team I think that's a ton of pressure to put on a young kid to really kind of get things going at the major league level like that and that's my only real concern with it is the kind of pressure that it puts on him and what if he does struggle do you have to send him back down what does that do to his confidence. That's something you always have to worry about with young players is what does that do to their confidence if they come up and just struggle out of the gate and you have to send them back. But uh, again, I'm excited about it. I, I, I love watching him play every night. It's given me a reason to tune in even though this team continues to disappoint me and aggravate me and frustrate me. I'm tuning in because I want to see what Michael Harris can do and what kind of impact he can have. And he's definitely having an impact defensively. He's already made a couple of great plays out there. He's been able to get to balls that I don't think Adam Duvall gets to just because he doesn't have the speed that Michael Harris has. While Duvall's done a great job out there, Harris's speed lets him get to a lot of balls that other outfielders can't get to. So he's already having a huge impact defensively. Not only that, but then you get to shift Duvall to a corner outfield spot where he is, you know, even better is a gold Glover. So he's already having an impact there. His speed's playing an impact. You know, he hasn't got a lot of hits (laughs) and I've seen him beat out a couple of a double plays. He scored from first on that hit that Acuna had on Tuesday. So showing off the wheels there, he had his first RBI on Tuesday as well in that game, a nice hit up the middle, but Again, the Braves need to win now. I think they recognize that, and I think that's why they went ahead and pushed this button to make the move to see if he could spark some energy in this team and get them going. Speaking of a spark, they also moved Spencer Strider to the starting rotation, and it was a long time coming. I thought it's something they should have done a while ago, and I feel like it's something they've had an opportunity to do. But he finally gets his shot in the rotation, and I thought he looked... Pretty good, his first start in there. I know the defense let him down a little bit in that game. But overall, thought it was a solid outing. I liked that he started to include that changeup a little bit more. It's uh, you know, he's I've talked about it. Fastball slider can only get you so far. Although, uh, I'm going to continue to make the comparison to Freddie Peralta, who's been able to have a ton of success with the Brewers, strictly throwing pretty much a fastball and slider, but still... It's great to have that third offering, so good to see him mixing in that changeup. I thought it was, again, a very solid outing his first time as a starter for the Braves, and I think he'll continue to get an opportunity there and should get an opportunity there. But after what happened Tuesday, you really miss not having him in the bullpen. But I do think moving into the starting rotation, I think that's where he can have the most impact going forward in the future. And again, both of these moves, it just signifies that the Braves are trying to shake things up. You know, First they shook up the lineup, and that seems to have gotten the offense going. Now they call up Michael Harris the second, and that seems to have at least settled the outfield defense, giving you some speed at the bottom of the order in front of Ronnie and Dansby. And now you hope Strider's able to lock down that fifth spot that's been a revolving door for the Braves this year. So... They're recognizing some urgency here to get things going, making moves to try to help that happen. Hasn't necessarily gotten them there yet, but I do think these are these are the right moves. These are the moves that the Braves they're the the only moves the Braves can make. We've been talking about it, you know, what moves can the Braves make? There's nothing really externally right now that they can do that's going to have a huge impact to get them going. So They're going to have to shake up some things internally, and I think they're doing that, recognizing the time is now for this team to get on a roll and get going to try to get back in this NL East race. Look, right now, it's let's just get in the wild card race is what the Braves are trying to do. So some big moves over the weekend with Harris and Strider for sure. Speaking of the weekend, I just wanted to quickly recap those series since we haven't had a postcast. In a while, and I didn't uh, have a podcast Monday and Tuesday. Braves did win their series against the Marlins over the weekend. Had a big pinch hit from a hit from Acuna on Friday to start the rally. Osby drove him and Dansby in. Again, the great base running by Dansby I mentioned earlier to complete that comeback for the win on Friday. Couldn't do anything against Sandy Alcantara on Saturday. Kind of expected that. Although Davidson pitched fine and kept the Braves in that game, but the bullpen, O'Day, and McHugh allowed them to extend the lead there. And that's the game. Uh, on Saturday, Michael Harris made his debut, picked up his first hit, and scored the team's only run of the game. So it was a great debut for Michael Harris. The offense had nine extra base hits on Sunday, including two doubles by Olsen, two doubles by Ozzy, two home runs by Ozuna, and a double and a home run by Austin Riley. Max had to battle in that one to get through six innings, but he did manage to get through six innings, allowing just one run. Walked a season high, three batters in that game. He's walked at least two batters in his last four starts. You know, two walks in a game where you you're consistently going, you know, six innings. Not terrible, but from where he was earlier in the year, you can just tell Max is kind of fighting it a little bit right now with his command. But still, you don't have your best stuff. You're able to get through six innings, just one run ball. That's what your ace can do for you. All right, next, I want to set you up for Wednesday's afternoon game as the Braves look to salvage a game against the Arizona Diamondbacks before heading to Colorado. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It'll be Kyle Wright versus Madison Bumgarner on Wednesday afternoon as the Braves try to pick up a game in this three-game series. Garner was great in April this year with a 1.17 ERA across five starts, but he has a 5.33 ERA in May. He's given up at least three earned runs in each of his last three outings, but he did no hit the Braves in a seven inning game last year. One of the lowest points of the the first half of the season for the Braves, not too, not, or very similar to the low point for the Braves on Tuesday. Albies, who obviously, Crushes lefties. is four for seven against Madison Bumgarner, so look for him to move up in the order on Wednesday afternoon. And then Kyle Wright been really good in his last three starts. In his last three starts combined, he's given up just four runs on eight hits. So hopefully that trend continues. He's gone at least six innings in three of his five May starts. The Braves need him to go deep in this one after going in extras last night and using. All your best bullpen bullets. So need Kyle Wright to give them some length on Wednesday afternoon. And the offense has to explode again. And keep adding on. This needs to be a stress-free win. You need Kyle Wright to go at least six innings. The Braves to be up by four or more. And that way you don't have to use your best bullpen arms again after they blew the game on Tuesday. So looking forward to that on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, if you do have any questions, comments, feedback, let me know over at shortstopball or Locked On underscore Braves. But that will do it for this podcast. Make sure you do follow the podcast wherever you listen. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and we will talk to you next time.